0: Welcome back everybody to This Week in Japan, the show that brings you the most trending news stories and cultural insights from Japan. Today is October 16th, and we're coming to you live from Akasaka, Tokyo. I'm your host, Julian Domanski, and joining me as always is my co-host and founder of Ryu Tokyo, Yasuharu Matsuno. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, we didn't talk about this last week, but something called the Godzilla Museum
1: opened recently in Awaji, which is an island that belongs to Hyogo Prefecture. So Julian and I visited there earlier this week and filmed our awesome
0: experience. So um, how's the editing of the video going? I uh, Pretty well. It's pretty much finished. Oh, Yeah, you know, I, I like to work efficiently, so <laughs> <laughs> as always, uh, so yeah, it was really cool, um, place to visit. Uh, you know, zip lining through Godzilla was mm. a pretty ridiculous experience, <laughs> yeah, not something I ever thought I'd be doing. <laughs> Me neither. Um, but you know, they, they got some kind of they got a whole kind of selection of little attractions in the area, which is mm. really cool. And uh, yeah, my first time visiting a Wadgie, so that was really cool. Uh, but overall, the just the general size of Godzilla was just so impressive. Yeah, you know, um, it was overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's, you know, you see the head, but then like you walk down the little path away from the main attraction and then like his tail sticking out the dirt and stuff. <laughs> so they really kind of build this illusion that like he's he's actually like buried in the dirt, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really, really cool. Mm,
1: that was very well made. Mm. Yeah, so the video should be available by the time this episode is live. So go check it out if you want to see some of our goofy skit
0: and the life-size Godzilla. So, in this episode, we're going to be discussing the following big news stories. The Demon Slayer movie premiere is already breaking records, major banks decide to bail out Japan Airways, a nuclear power plant to open for the first time since the 2011 tsunami, and the police are called over an undefeatable crane game. Tickets for the upcoming Demon Slayer movie, Kimetsu no Yaiba, Mugen Resha, went on sale on the 13th of this month. The movie comes out today and is already making history, but not in the way you might think. Toho Cinema Shinjuku has scheduled an unprecedented 42 screenings of the film on its opening day. Out of the 12 screens located inside the theatre, 11 will be premiering Demon Slayer. Screenings will begin from 7am and will end with the last screening starting at 2.50am the next morning. An additional 41 screenings are scheduled for Saturday as well. The sheer number of screenings soon became trending on Twitter, with words such as Toho, Demon Ticket and Movie Theatre Site. Many people commented on the extremeness of the schedule, with some joking that it was actually busier than the train schedule in rural towns. The movie is based on the hit manga series Kimetsu no Yaiba, which currently has over 100 million copies in circulation. Have you ever been to a screening of a film at 2.50am in the morning? (laughs) (laughs) Never. (laughs) Yeah, so I saw the news several days ago Mm.
1: and that people can't access the websites to buy movie tickets. Sure. So I thought the movie was already released several days ago. But did you know today is the first day? Oh, today is? Yeah, it's it's today. You know, it's crazy that like so many news articles on the movie are already released, Mm. like even before the
0: the movie is released. Oh, I see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not something I've been following because I'm not... I don't mean this in a negative way. I'm not a fan of Kitsunoyoi, but just because I haven't seen it. Yeah. Sounds cool. I just, you know, maybe I'll be, a am a future fan. I'm sure I'll like it when I get around to watching it. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really good. I checked the
1: website of Toho Cinemas in Roppongi mm. and they're playing like 24 times, like tomorrow wow. on, on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, It's crazy, right? And many seats are already taken, of course, mm-hmm. but I saw some empty seats too. Yeah. yeah. And people are not just crazy about watching the movie, mm. but uh, if you watch the movie in the theater, you get a small gift, like special gift. Oh, okay. Yeah. And which is like, a, I mean, there there are two of them. And one of them is kind of a like spin-off manga Okay. written by the original like manga author. Oh, okay. And mm. which is focused on the, one of the like main characters, uh, Rengoku, mm. which I want to read. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. Yeah,
1: I don't think I'll watch the the movie in, yeah. at least in the theater. But yeah, I read all the manga series, so sure. yeah, I am interested in reading the mm. the manga.
0: <laughs> that name Rengoku rings a bell. We talked about this a few months ago, didn't we? I think actually when this movie was announced, right? Mm. Um, I just remember that name Rengoku.
1: Yeah, he's basically the main guy like besides the main character Tanjiro. Yeah, okay. Uh yeah, especially in this movie.
0: Mm, cool. So have you been have you been to the cinema recently? Um yeah, like a few weeks ago. So how is it since uh like the covid precautions were kind of brought in? So uh
1: they are keeping the capacity to less than like 50% so sure. every other seat was empty oh okay mm. but when I checked the website yesterday it seemed like that was like not, the they're, case. They're not yeah yeah they're not limiting the, the capacity
0: mm, that's weird yeah because I thought maybe that might be the kind of half of the explanation for why there are so many showings obviously it's a popular movie right mm. but if they can't fill out the, the theatre like they usually would then mm. they have to up the amount of screenings true true
1: What's funny is that on their official website they say that they've printed 4.5 million copies mm. of the that special manga. Wow, okay. And there's only like a, one available for each person. Mm. And it gives you a pre-warning, scalping is not allowed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I think some people would do it anyway. Yeah, I don't think the scalpers pay attention to warnings. Right. <laughs> it's never, scalping's never allowed, right? Yeah, yeah, unless there are you know, serious penalties, right? Yeah, but I mean, you know, you have a big hit franchise like this and it's almost unavoidable, right? right. <laughs> I mean, 4.5 million, you mm-hmm. know.
1: This uh, movie is only going to be available for a month or so, probably. Sure. And the fact that they expect that they can sell, you know, close to 5 million copies mm-hmm. in such short period of time, It's crazy, but, (laughs) you know, based on their track record, Mm. it it seems quite realistic too.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm not overly familiar with the franchise, but it keeps popping up in the news, right? We've talked about it several times already. So I'm sure, you know, whoever made that call to print that many copies, they they obviously had the numbers Mm. and and they could see the projection, right? Based on what they've already sold. So yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see in a month's time. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, whether they uh, they managed to clear out all the stock (laughs) and, uh, you know, Medikari is flooded (laughs) with uh, extortionally priced copies Uh of this manga. So onto some financial news next. On the 13th of this month, five major Japanese banks agreed to pay over 400 billion yen to ANA Holdings, the parent company of all Nippon Air. The money will be given as a loan in order to strengthen the financial base of Japan's airlines who has suffered a major loss of business due to the coronavirus. The contract is slated to be signed this month. Another industry that is being hit hard by the effects of coronavirus are ramen shops. Often run by individual owners rather than a chain, the delicious noodles are becoming less widespread. In this year alone, over 34 shops have shut down due to a lack of business, and more closures are expected to continue. Estimations are looking at around 50 shops total shutting down, the highest number of closures since the year 2000. The stoppage of foreigners coming into Japan has been cited as a particular hit to the industry. With no inbound tourists and many customers eating out less, recently opened shops are finding it hard to stay afloat. Kind of two stories here, uh, you know, the airlines and, you know, a kind of other industries suffering from, you know, lack of funding. Mm. So I guess let's kind of start with the airways. Um, mm. So Yasu, as a, as a businessman... Do you think uh, you know, loaning four hundred billion yen to these uh, this airline is is a good idea. It's an awful lot of money, right?
1: Yeah, but overall I would say it's a sensible decision. Mm. Yeah, because especially ANA, uh one of the top two like flagship airlines in Japan. Um they they've been like performing well financially before Corona. Sure. And you know, as we discussed, like uh was it last week? Yeah, it was last week, right? Uh, last when week we yeah. talked about uh, Japan will aim to like resume acceptance of like foreign tourists from mm. next April. True. Yeah. So you know we have a you know somewhat like sensible like projection for mm. us to like when tourists would come back and it's it's not just about like foreign tourists but japanese tourists too right yeah of course you know when they can like travel overseas mm. and yeah i think it's rational for the the banks including the governmental bank to think that this airline will be able to repay the debt mm. uh,
0: in the you know starting from the near future i guess yeah that does make a lot of sense cuz something like air travel it really affects the whole Country's economy, right? Because mm. if it's bringing in customers for all kinds of industries mm-hmm. and also, like you say, allowing Japanese people to leave, I guess in terms of what the government's thinking, it's probably more of an investment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they would rather not have had to spend all that money, but I guess they're thinking like if we don't give the airlines a kind of a cash injection, many other industries would probably suffer. Mm. You know, if uh, I don't know if, if one of these airlines went bankrupt or I don't know. Maybe they can't run as many flights because they don't have the capital to do so. So yeah, I guess when you put it like that, it does make a lot of sense. Mm.
1: And this is both good and bad. But ANA is almost in a like too big to fail kind of situation,
0: right? Okay. So it has
1: become a key like infrastructure of the country. You know, if they go out of business, mm. then like normal, like average Japanese citizens would would have issues. You know, oh, like okay. traveling across Japan. Sure. Both like private and and business. Mm. I also saw the news yesterday that uh the banks will be financing uh Seibu Corporation too. Okay. And Seibu, uh, have you heard of the the name?
0: Uh, well, they run like the bus lines and stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Bus and trains. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think the amount was about like sixty billion yen. Mm-hmm. Which is about like uh, a bit less than like six hundred million U.S. dollars, mm. but I think uh, what some people may see it unfair is that uh, ramen shops, mm. you know, uh, they're they're much smaller. Many of them are owned by individuals. Yeah, yeah. So they're a lot uh, harder to get finance from, mm. you know, proper banks. And I read an article saying that even before Corona, many ramen shops were in difficult. Uh, situations financially, mm. and it's said that around twenty thousand ramen restaurants exist in Japan. Mm. Did you know that? Is that it? I thought there were more. To be honest, they're just they're just everywhere. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I I must agree. Yeah, but the number keeps like I- increasing. Oh, okay. You know, and Tokyo is uh, obviously one of the biggest like ramen ramen spot. Mm. Yeah. So I also thought like there was more. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway the competition amongst all the ramen shops is like really severe, I yeah. hear. You know, we can kind of imagine, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it's too excessive that the average price of ramen has been decreasing. It's been dropping. Oh, has it? Okay. Yeah. So, um the average price of a ramen bowl used to be around like 550 yen mm. 10 years ago. But now it's getting closer to uh 520
0: yen. Oh, okay. That's still really cheap. Like, it was already really cheap. Yeah, so yeah. Like, like, but you're trying to say that, like, just that small amount of, like, 10, 20, 30 yen makes mm-hmm. all the difference in terms of competition.
1: The thing is that, like, it's less than 10%. Mm. But if you can only sell the items for, um you know, 5% or 10% less, mm. That hits you hard, you know. Oh, okay. And in the meantime, the cost of like making ramen has been increasing for mm. the past ten years. So you know, from the business standpoint, it's really hard for uh, all the ramen shops to make profit. Sure. Um, to even like break even, mm. so to say. Mm. So especially this year, you know, the ones that were relying more on foreign tourists. Mm. We can easily imagine, you know, the the reason why they're going out of business. Right? Yeah,
0: of course. So uh, you hear that, guys. Next time you come to Japan, make sure you go to as many ramen restaurants as you can. Uh-huh. Save the industry. Exactly. Bring it back from the brink of destruction. Uh uh-huh. Support the local businesses. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to our third story of the week. The Tohoku Electric Onagawa Nuclear Power Plant has been approved by Governor Yoshihiro Murai And will be restarting its second reactor sometime in 2022. The nuclear facility has not been in operation since the Great Tohoku Earthquake of 2011. Located in Ishinomaki City in Miyagi Prefecture, it was the closest nuclear facility to the epicentre. All three reactors managed to persevere through extreme ground shaking as well as the following tsunami without taking any significant damage. Despite being unharmed, All three reactors of the plant were shut down after the earthquake according to illegally mandated procedures. Reactor 1 has since been planned to be decommissioned. But following a request to restart the second reactor from Tohoku Electric Power Company that was made all the way back in 2013, the Nuclear Regulatory Agency has finally approved the reactor. The seven-year wait was due to the NRA waiting for new regulations to be created before conducting the inspection. So Yasu, you're our resident… Uh, power expert, right? Based on your career to this point, you've had some mm. experience in the energy industry. Yeah, uh, what's your take on this uh, reactivation?
1: <laughs> yeah, so um, I used to work in the natural gas industry, mm. and Tohoku Electric was uh, one of my my clients. So, mm. yeah, I, I know this issue fairly well. Um, so this uh, Onagawa power station is located in Miyagi Prefecture. So uh, it's it's not the the Fukushima one, mm. you know, to to be clear. Mm. And even though it was struck by like approximately like fifteen meter tsunami, it stopped working without any issue. Mm. And one reason it was unharmed is that uh, it's located pretty high from the sea level. Mm. So uh, the main reactors weren't. You know, affected at all. You know, because the the waves, you know, tsunami didn't uh, reach them. Yeah, and I know reactivating a nuclear power station in Japan uh, after the you know that earthquake is a sensitive issue. Mm. But I personally think this is a necessary move uh, for a few reasons. Mm. And first thing is that Japan is heavily reliant on fossil fuels now, right? Okay, especially after the earthquake. Sure. I would say almost like eighty mm. uh, percent of the the electricity in Japan today are produced uh, by burning fossil fuels. Oh, well, that's quite high, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, of course, you know, as you can imagine, it's not good for the environment. Mm. You know, uh, another important thing that uh, some people may not know is that Japan virtually has no reserves for fossil fuels. Mm. So, you know what that means. Well, they have to import everything. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a perfect answer. Yeah. So, we are almost like 100% dependent on importation for ah, the fossil see, right, fuels. Okay. And earlier this year, uh there were some like big concerns mm-hmm. uh regarding the importation because of the corona obviously. Right, okay. If any one of the crew on the, you know, oil or you know, natural gas tankers sure, get yeah. infected by corona, then they may not be, you know, entered to the the country, right? right okay, yeah. Or you know, even outside Japan, they mm. could be, you know, stuck somewhere on the on the sea, mm. and you know, maybe would not be able to depart their, you know, original like country. Yeah. So that's uh, one main reasons why we can't rely
0: hundred percent on the fossil fuels. Yeah. Wow, that was a very long but a very detailed answer, Yasu. I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate yeah, yeah. your insight into this
1: Yeah, thing. I, I can make like a two, two
0: or three other points to, <laughs> you know, kind of like back my point. But yeah. It's super interesting. So, yeah. I mean, as you were kind of saying that, I was kind of wondering, like, Japan is a quite a volcanic country, right? Mm. Um, so is there a reason like why they don't invest more into like geothermal energy, uh, something like Iceland do? Is there a reason for that? It's a very good question. Yeah. <laughs> Does
1: it also have a very long answer? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm very impressed. But um I actually don't have a clear, like specific answer for mm. uh, geothermal, but um I hear in general that uh it costs like so much money to build like geothermal like power stations. Mm. And the amount of uh, you know consumption of electricity in Japan is gigantic. Right. You know, I, I'm pretty sure it's a lot bigger than the. So those neon forum.
0: signs for <laughs> all these ramen restaurants
1: are going out of business. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one factor maybe, but um, you know, compared to a country like Iceland, sure, you said, of course, yeah. Um, so that's actually a big problem for uh, renewables in general mm. because it's harder to scale.
0: Sure, yeah. Mm.
1: And when I say that, it's mainly because of the, you know, monetary uh reasons. Mm. You know, uh, it it costs like so much money to secure the land, for example, for solar. Sure, yeah. And even though the panels are getting a lot cheaper these days, still um, you know, it's not like you know, super cheap. Yeah, yeah. But but the percentage of renewables uh has become close to twenty percent mm. uh last year and it just keeps increasing. Mm,
0: okay, well that's uh, you know obviously we want it to increase as fast as possible but at least yes. it, at least it is increasing. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean like uh 8 or 9 years ago it was mm. less than 10%.
0: That's a pretty good increase. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I would say so. So I think Japan has made a substantial like progress in that regard.
0: Yeah. Cuz it does, it does sound weird to like hear when you say that like you know uh, what was it 80% of uh, you know current f- fuel consumption is Mm -hmm. I would say yeah 75
1: or yeah close to 80 percent yeah so
0: like to hear that from a country that's so kind of eco-conscious like Japan um you know most people's mindsets are of the fact that you know you take care of the environment around you it's Mm -hmm. kind of how Japan gets its reputation as such a clean country right Mm -hmm. because people really try to care about you know uh the you know the, the spaces around them and also like you go into like I don't know the exact number, but Japan has like an incredibly high percentage of like natural forests, right? Mm. Like once you go out the big cities, like when you fly over to Japan, it always to me looks like a green satin sheet, <laughs> you know, the, the mountains kind of roll, it's yeah, yeah. trees for like miles. Mm. It's crazy. Like mm-hmm. considering the size of the country, which is not huge, right? So I think it has quite a high percentage of, you know, natural environments as well. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of a surprising statistic to hear. But, you know, it's good to hear that you know uh, it is on the prize you know for renewable energies as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right, so let's move on to our final and random news of the week in Japan, crane games, also known as UFO catchers, are a common sight at game centers and contain a wide variety of prizes such as figures, snacks, clothes, gadgets, and more. The difficulty of the game can vary on the weight and shape of the prize and how it is arranged by the game centre staff. In this case, the Twitter user, who goes by the handle Ogatun, claimed that the game was rigged to be impossible to win. Soon after, a staff member as well as police were called to investigate the game. Police then watched as the employee also attempted to win the prize, an attempt that would fail over 300 times. Eventually, the staff member rearranged the items inside and was able to win. Otagoon also was able to win after several tries. The police decided not to take action and left. After posting his ordeal on Twitter, many citizens criticised the company for being a scam. According to Sega, the game's manufacturer, they are meant to be enjoyed with the knowledge that a prize may not always be won, and customers are encouraged to call staff for assistance if a particular prize seems unwinnable after many tries. So in total, that would have been five hundred attempts to win this <laughs>
1: <laughs> prize. Yeah, when you think about it, right?
0: And that's usually what yakuin, right? One hundred yen mm. to play one time. That's insane. So that would have been fifty thousand yen, five hundred dollars.
1: Well, <laughs> this uh, this Ogatun guy should mm. have lost uh, close to yeah two hundred, right? Two hundred, yeah. yeah. But of course the staff member uh, sure, doesn't yeah. need to pay for, <laughs> you know, his place.
0: Yeah. yeah, But yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Mm. I mean, obviously the funniest part of this story is that the police were called mm. and they just basically stood there and watched this guy sweat as he tried it, to like exactly win 300 right. times. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he still failed basically. After 300, that's when he rearranged the toys mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the prizes, whatever was in the machine. Mm-hmm. He actually had to open the cabinet rearrange them into a more like favorable position Uh and then he was able to like win Uh but i mean everybody knows that these machines are a scam right Mm. Uh, not this just place in particular but they're just rigged to like take money off you you
1: well yeah it's a matter of degrees but yeah i I must say like some of them are almost like a scam Mm. you know impossible to get but yeah, I was also, you know, imagining the kind of like conversation that they had between <laughs> the police officer and the the staff, you yeah, know, yeah. and maybe he was like, oh no, I missed it, but I know I can get it. Then, then he failed, right? Mm. The police officer is like, I may need to arrest you for uh fraud if you can't get it. And then and the guy is like, okay, okay, wait, wait, you know, let me try it again. Yeah, yeah. And then they repeat this
0: conversation 300 times. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. Isn't
1: it hilarious? <laughs> oh yeah. Do
0: you think if you just failed the very first time, uh-huh. then it would have been like, yep, fraud. Or like, like you've got like, I don't know, you've got like 10 chances, maybe.
1: Yeah. Like, as I said, uh, that's an interesting point, but uh, this is always a matter of degrees, mm. you know? And usually it's impossible to get them on your like first try. Yeah. At least, I would say, even a professional like crane gamer, they mm. are some, you yeah. know. Or <laughs> I don't know how they make money, but um, they usually it usually takes about like five times mm. at least
0: to get one item. Yeah. So you know, we uh, a long time ago we had the word Pachi Pro, mm. Pachinko mm. Pro, right? Is yeah. there a word for like crane game Pro?
1: Um. It's not as established as a uh, patch pro.
0: Sure. Yeah. How about what? do not you make one Yasu? You can coin the term. It's really difficult to abbreviate. Uh, what, what are the? What, are they, what do you call those machines in Japanese? We usually
1: call them U uh, four catcher. Oh, okay. Catcher pro. U
0: four. Or U ca- four pro. Catch pro. Catch pro. Or U four pro. Don't know which one sounds more smooth.
1: UFO pro sounds like, uh, you know, like guys simply interested in like- uh UFOs. UFOs or like like sky or, you know, sky or space
0: in general. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. So maybe catch, catch pro. Catchy pro. Catchy okay. Pro. You heard it here first, guys. Catchy pro. Catch pro. That's going to catch on. No pun intended. <laughs> That'll be the new slang 20 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> or not. <laughs> yeah, so obviously these arcane- uh, obviously these game centers they're businesses right mm. so like the machines are always built in a way or they're kind of they're they're configured in a way mm. where like they don't dish out prizes until they've made profit right mm. at it's, least it, on average yeah it's not random it's like it's programmed and they dish out a prize every certain amount of turns and they vary the grip strength on the claw oh no it's it's more analog
1: than you think. Really? Yeah. It's it's not like, uh, you're not going to like adjust the, the arm length. Like, um, you know, at least like, based on what I know.
0: So w- what you got over there?
1: Yeah. I was just um, checking at the website called trycranegame.com in Japanese. <laughs> and uh, the strength of the arm never changes. No oh, matter really? like how much money you, you insert. Well, yeah, how does that
0: explain that when you pick up something and it just falls out of the hand? Like, it just falls out of the crane.
1: So, the general consensus is that, like, for the the arm setting that is weak, remains weak. So, you should never, you know, uh, continue to play on that machine. Okay. Unless, like, uh, of course, they can adjust it, mm. but they need to, like, adjust it manually. Mm. So, uh, professional players, right? Um I'm not sure the the clear definition of the the professional like catch pro, mm. but after they they try it once, they can judge the the setting.
0: Oh, okay, just from one. one yeah, just one one one, go. one
1: try, and they can judge the strength of the the setting of the arm. Mm. Then, if it's too weak, then they just you know move on to a different machine.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, interesting. So, uh, yeah, next time you're in Japan, guys, uh, if you seem to be playing on a. Unusually difficult crane machine mm-hmm. for hundreds of times. Yeah, call the police <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. and uh, yeah, put the uh, put the staff on blast. Make them win the prize. Uh-huh. That's the way to go. Improve, pr- improve. They haven't. Yeah, <laughs> scammed you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that wraps it up for all the news stories this episode. Now let's jump into our final segment of the show: Word of the Week.
1: So, as always, I'm going to introduce to you a simple but often used Japanese English or Wasei Ego. And this one is related to one of the news topics. And mm. the word of the week is one coin or one coin.
0: One coin. So we have one chan recently. Yeah. Now we've yeah. got one coin. Uh-huh. Of uh, course. Different is it meaning. cheating to ask which story it's related to? Hmm. <laughs> I guess, is it related to the last one? Uh,
1: well, you may think so, but
0: nah. No, okay. My immediate thought is, it sounds like ho- like a hole in one. So I'm thinking like maybe if you won in a crane game, first coin, it'd be a one coin. Well, technically
1: that should be wrong, you know, but the way we use it is different. Mm. So what uh, this word is related to is a ramen shop story. Oh, okay. I've got you. Yeah, that's a that's a great hint.
0: Uh, Five hundred yen coin. Ah. is the price of the lunch or this is like a set menu, right? Ah, yeah, no? yeah. You got it. Yeah? You got it. Yeah, oh,
1: nice. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's almost a perfect answer with, with a hint. But oh yeah yeah, yes, yeah, yeah.
0: The hint gives it away. Yeah, uh-huh. but still,
1: yeah. Uh, that's correct. So we usually say uh, one coin lunch. Mm. You know the. Lunch you can eat with one coin. oh that's good. And as you correctly mentioned, the the biggest coin in Japan is five hundred yen, right? I mean, uh, above that it's uh, notes. It's notes, yeah. yeah. Thousand yen, uh, five thousand yen,
0: or it's my yen. I like the five hundred yen because it's like a big gold coin. Uh So if you if you have loads of them in your pocket, you feel like a pirate. You know, you got all your gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Everyone likes you know five hundred yen coin,
1: right? (laughs) Yeah, it kind of like indicates the great value of certain things, especially food-related, mm. such as uh, lunch or uh, ramen. Yeah, you know, one coin ramen or one coin mm. uh ramen because some of them are priced even lower than five hundred. Sure, know? yeah, yeah. Then you can get a change for you know one coin. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It can be a, a bento too. You yeah, know? yeah, one coin bento.
0: I think mean, it's kind of uh, a good balance right i always like when i go to lunch sometimes i'll treat myself and i'll go like you know thousand you know 1200 yen lunch but mm. to do that every day it gets a bit pricey right mm. it's just not very uh economical so like yeah usually if i'm looking at a lunch five six hundred yen is like my target price but yeah if you can get it for one coin and it tastes good as well then that's, that's perfect right mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so that's all for this week in Japan. Whichever platform you're listening to us on, make sure that you're subscribed for a new episode every single week. Thanks for listening, everyone. We're also releasing new videos every week on our YouTube channel, so search for View Tokyo and find us there. Okay, everyone, so stay healthy, stay safe, and make sure that next time you're in the shops, don't be a Makoto. Nor Karen. (laughs) (laughs) And don't do any Kasuhara to the friendly staff bending over backwards to help you. And we'll see you next week for the very next episode of This Week in Japan.